I have come not to bring peace but a sword, to set a man against his father and a daughter against her mother. Not exactly the kind of language we thought we were going to hear coming to church tonight. Not exactly the kind of language we would expect to hear from the same Jesus who tells Peter in the Garden of Gethsemane on the night before his death to put away the sword. Nor the kind of language we might expect from the same Jesus who quotes the commandments to honor your father and mother and love your neighbor as yourself, to say nothing of love your enemies. So what is going on here? Why the shocking language? This chapter, chapter 10 of Matthew's gospel, is the part of the story when Jesus is giving his disciples instructions as he sends them out on a mission. The mission is to announce in word and deed that the kingdom of heaven has come near. And Jesus is aware that his message, the message that the kingdom of heaven is coming to life on earth in his presence, and in the presence of his disciples who are learning to keep him and his way of love at the center of their lives, that's not exactly a message of mom and apple pie. It's one thing to say that God is at the center of our lives, and his audience would understand that simply enough. But to say that Jesus is at the center of our lives is making quite a claim about a first-century Jewish teacher, and not everyone will be amused. It's not that Jesus desires division. He just knows that his message will create it. His message of the kingdom of heaven coming to earth in his person will, like a sword, divide. Even the family unit, critical as it is, is relativized. The family is not the center of all things. He is. When Jesus is presented, or rather pressed, in this same gospel, this gospel of Matthew, only a couple of chapters on from where we are tonight. So in chapter 12 of Matthew, you can look it up tonight, he's pressed about his mother and his brothers wanting to talk to him. And he follows his own teaching by pointing to his disciples and saying, here are my mother and my brothers, for whoever does the will of my father in heaven is my brother and sister and mother. So God's will is the true basis on which human life ought to be organized. And the scandal of our gospel, which the disciples are sent out to proclaim, is that God's will has taken on flesh in Jesus. Tonight's shocking language is meant to challenge us. What is the organizing principle in our lives. Material success, beauty, reputation, power. Jesus has come not to make peace with the organizing principles of this world. Instead, his redemptive love wants to tear down anything that would keep us from living in tune with God's will. 
because Christ comes so that we might have life, true life, and have it abundantly. So friends, tonight as we prepare our souls and bodies to receive the kingdom of heaven in bread and wine, that's what we receive. Jesus himself, the kingdom of heaven, in bread and wine, let us hear the challenge to make God's will made flesh in Jesus the organizing principle in our lives. As we're sent out from this place, our obedience, our allegiance to Jesus Christ will not always be easy. He never said it would be easy to follow him. But he does promise to be with us always and that those who lose their lives for his sake will find it. At our baptism, we are sealed and marked as his own forever. At our baptism, which we try to figure out for the rest of our lives if we were uh, baptized as kids, at our baptism, we put to death any organizing principle other than him. At our baptism, we received his Holy Spirit so that he might come alive in us and we might become little Christ. And that same spirit is on the loose tonight, transforming bread and wine into the power and presence of Jesus. His spirit is on the loose, transforming us into his disciples who are sent out to proclaim with our lives that Jesus and his way of love is the organizing principle of our lives. He is our courage when we are afraid. He is our hope when things look hopeless. He is our strength, our joy, our life. His commandment to follow him, to take up the cross and walk in his way of mercy and love for all people prioritizing those on the margins, it might cause division. But nothing, not loss of reputation or status or power, not even death, can separate us from the infinite and personal presence of Jesus Christ, who knows even the hairs on our head, or if we don't have any left. He is our God. He is our God. And we belong to him first and forever. He's always there with perfect love and mercy. The challenge before us, will we keep him at the center?